Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. I did go to worship, but I, I um, went to the back roll. Yeah, and then ran for it. <laughs> and then ran. Yeah. yeah. And cr- cried, then ran. It's totally understandable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, and, and I really, I didn't really re- talk to other people. Um, I did have presence. My sister especially was dear to me. My sister Cherie, she was Jesus with skin on. Mm. Um, she would lay hands on me and pray and pray with me and comfort me. Michelle Arnoldy joins Pastor Paul today to talk about PTSD and the tragic death by suicide of her husband. And also about grief and God's grace and comfort that has been with her. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, I'm so glad you've joined us on Life Support, where we talk about difficult stories, and we talk about events in life that we're not really expecting, but that God knows and God is with us, and we want to glorify Christ, and we want you to know more of who God is and what he can be in your life as well. My guest is Michelle Arnoldy, and she was with us last time as well. We had a great conversation. She's a life coach, chaplain, a mentor, a former trauma nurse. She's writing a book, and she'll tell us more about that. But Michelle, we kind of left off um, talking a little bit about your journey with your husband, Chris, who had been in Afghanistan, um, took his own life. It was a a horrible day for you, um, Mm -hmm. obviously. And we talked a little bit about um, the experience while you were married and, and kind of the, the roller coaster ride that was a little bit. But let's, let's fast forward a little bit to after this has happened now. Grief is a very complicated thing. Um, you, shared a, you shared a story of when you went to a support group. Mm-hmm. And I remember my wife and I got invited to a homicide victim support group. Which, of course, when you sign up for life, you think you're never going to have to go to a homicide victim support group. And I was listening to these people talk, and the thing that struck me about it was how different everyone was, how how the pain had affected them in different ways. And, of course, these are children, so it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a different dynamic. But you had your own grieving process to go on. So mm-hmm. tell me what that was like for you because, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that you think is – for other people that you had to experience. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd experienced a lot of uh, crisis grief and trauma from the ER. So I was able to be with couples and people the moment their loved one died. Um, so now I'm in their shoes. Yeah. So that was interesting for me. And yet I was able to sort of minister to myself that's great. God prepared you somewhat he for that. He did prepare then. me. Yeah. He did prepare me, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so you started talking to yourself like you would have talked to someone else. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's, a, it's a coaching technique, too, yeah. and mentoring. Right. You know, what would you tell yourself? Or, right. You know, that kind of thing. So I was doing it to myself. Um, the other thing that I thought was super helpful for me, and I know it made a difference, is after they removed Chris's body from our home, um, I I said, okay, and I had probably 10 people there. And I said, okay, n- now what do we do? And I said, and I just shut my eyes a second and I heard worship. I said, okay, I know what we're going to do. 
Let's go back upstairs. And I knelt where Chris, where I did CPR and Chris, and I said, we're going to worship the Lord because today is Good Friday. Mm-hmm. And this is the day the Lord died on our behalf. Yes, Chris died, but let's honor the Lord mm-hmm. and thank him for being here with us today and for all the good, and let's express our gratitude and praise to him. So my sister had songs on her phone, and we I have never worshipped like that in my life. Mm-hmm. And I knelt exactly where Chris died. Mm-hmm. And I just was able to genuinely thank the Lord. I think back, oh, how did I do that? But I did, and I— It's the power it, of the it, Holy Spirit it, in it you. It was the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. I feel like just that obedience to worship him in all circumstances and to trust him— I don't know what it, I don't know what it did, but it, it changed my grief somehow. Mm-hmm. Doing that, I, I felt something different than I thought I would have felt. I don't know if that makes any well, sense. Well, no, yeah. I mean, you, you think of the story we always go to, Job, and he hears this horrible news about his whole family, and well, Job worshipped. Yeah, and you kind of go, yeah. wow, that's yeah. you know. But I do think that there is an incredible power of the Holy Spirit. What I found is that it brought up all kinds of things in me that I couldn't do myself. Mm-hmm. My theology became very clear to me. Mm-hmm. I understood exactly sort of what to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these things were happening without me even really knowing it. All the investment I'd made in Scripture, all of these things, all the stuff started to, to surface all of a sudden. And I, I really believe the Holy Spirit was was at work in that moment when we are too weak to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, exper- we're in shock. We're... Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to process things that we weren't meant to really process. But God is at work in us. I mean, I think sometimes what we miss as Christians is we have we have the power of the living God in us. But more than that, we have the living God in us. Yeah. And that's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. It doesn't, it doesn't make everything okay all the time. But what it does do is it gives us access to the tools that we need to cope and the, the joy of um, situations that were be really hard to find any joy at yes. all. And you did find joy. So you, you were telling me you went through a, a, a 10-month grief process. Yes. It was intense. I, yeah. I pretty much isolated myself at home. I didn't want to be social. Um, I didn't want to be the woman where pe- people were pointing at, going, "Yeah, her husband oh, yeah. just killed himself. Yeah, yeah. She's the widow, whatever." I didn't, you gotta hide. I could. I, I hid. Can't do it. Yeah. I hid. I did go to worship, but I, I um, went to the back row. Yeah, and then ran for it. <laughs> and then ran. Yeah, yeah. and cr- cried. Then ran. It's totally understandable. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. Uh, and and I really. I didn't really re- talk to other people. Um, I did have presence. My sister especially was dear to me. My sister Cherie, she was Jesus with skin on. Mm. Um, she would lay hands on me and pray and pray with me and comfort me and feed me and, you know, heat my slippers up for me. I mean, she was amazing. And, um, but I, 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 and my brother-in-law and my brother called me every day. And so I really had a tremendous support in a very small group. Yeah. But that's who I, that's all I could allow in. Mm-hmm. More from Pastor Paul and Michelle in just a moment. I'm Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, a co-presenter of this program. And it's stories like this that led us to write a devotional called God is Always With You. 
31 Days of Hope and Healing for Grief and Loss. If you're interested in a copy as a gift for a loved one, you can find out more at the Five Stone Media Facebook page. That's Five Stone Media spelled out. And now back to Pastor Paul. All of these things, all the stuff started to, to surface all of a sudden. And I really believe the Holy Spirit was was at work in that moment when we are too weak to do it. I mean, we're we're exper- we're in shock. We're mm-hmm. we're we're trying to process things that we weren't meant to really process. But God is at work in us. I mean, I think sometimes what we miss as Christians is we have we have the power of the living God in us. But more than that, we have the living God in us. Yeah. And that's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. It doesn't it doesn't make everything okay all the time, but what it does do is it gives us access to the tools that we need to cope and the the joy of um, situations that were be really hard to find any joy at yes. all. And you did find joy. So you you were telling me you went through a 10-month a, a grief process. Yes. It was intense. I, yeah. I pretty much isolated myself at home. I didn't want to be social. Um, I didn't want to be the woman where pe- people were pointing at going, yeah, her husband oh, yeah. just killed himself. Yeah, yeah. She's the widow or whatever. I didn't, you got to hide. I, couldn't, I, I hid. Can't do it. Yeah. I hid. I did go to worship, but I, I um, went to the back row. Yeah, and then ran for it. <laughs> and then ran. Yeah. yeah. And cr- cried, then ran. It's totally understandable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, and, and I really, I didn't really re- talk to other people. Um, I did have presents. My sister especially was dear to me. My sister Cherie, she was Jesus with skin on. Mm. Um, she would lay hands on me and pray and pray with me and comfort me and feed me and, you know, heat my slippers up for me. I mean, she was amazing. And um, but I, I, I and my brother-in-law and my brother called me every day. And so I really had a tremendous support in a very small group. Yeah. But that's who I that's all I could allow in. Mm-hmm. And I spent most of my time um, in my refuge spot, which was in my bed, in a ball underneath my covers. See, don't you, you know, I, what I think people don't understand is how vulnerable you feel, mm-hmm. how unsafe the whole world becomes. Yes. And you can't, you can't even, and people don't understand that. You know, yeah. why can't you come over to the group? Why yeah. can't we go shopping? Why? Because it would tear me apart mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. somebody even look at me. Yeah. And they have no idea what happened to me, but they're going to look at me funny, and it's going to like tear my soul out. So I totally get that, and yeah. I can see how a bed under covers with your, with your very closest family is is where you felt yes, you found that safety. Yes, and I did feel God's presence, and I felt His protection there, and yeah. I needed His protection because I felt unsafe. Yeah, and see, that's a that's a good note for believers who are listening right now that are walking this road with someone or are going to encounter someone who's suffering or grieving. Don't push yourself on them. Mm-hmm. Um, they need space, and they're not. It's not personal if they don't want to spend time with you. Um, it's not about you. It's about them, and mm-hmm. they may not be the same person when you come out from those covers. Mm-hmm. You may have a different kind of friend, mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with that. But it's very difficult unless you've been under those covers. It's really hard to know what that's like, and so I guess the grieving person has to give others grace too, because they they don't know, they don't understand. Right. That's so very true. And to try not to push their grief along. Hey, it's been six months. You yeah, know, right. don't you think yeah. you should be on this now? Oh man, don't ever oh, say that. I know, but you know, I, I've said it to people though before. Stuff happened to me. I said it. Yeah. Or I'd say to somebody like, I think she, she's stuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. goodness. Yeah. I was so I was so wrong about so many things. But anyway, so you're on this intense 
journey. And um, but God's with you, right? Yes, this He's with time. me, and He's ho- holding me up. He's speaking mm-hmm. to me. We're getting through it. And I happen to be on the phone with a person in my life uh, that a family member that is just a difficult person. You know, we all have them. And Jesus yeah. says, you know, we need to be, we need to love all people. And it's not based on how they treat you. So it was one of those challenging moments. And I hung the phone up and I took a deep breath. I said, well, Lord, you know, I'm really glad that I understand that love is a commitment and it's a choice. We, some people, we literally have to choose to love them because it's hard. Yeah. And I said, and thank you for teaching me that because I do love this person. And and then I took a, for some reason something kind of clicked or I don't know what it was, but I stopped and I went, wait a minute. If I can choose to love somebody, maybe my grief could be a choice because at this point I didn't do anything for ten months. Yeah, I mean I barely took a shower. You've been through the ringer. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I miss me. Mm-hmm. I miss people. I'm a people person. I'm an extrovert. I love serving. I, I, I wasn't. I was a fraction of who I was in those months. It felt that way, and I, I didn't know how to get me back. Yeah. And so I was grieving that on yeah. top of. Yeah. You know. And some people go through to different stages. You know, like um, when my when my wife passed away, I couldn't. I couldn't really grieve because I had small children. And it wasn't until Taylor died 12 years later that I think I grieved for both of them. Yes. Because oh, sure. I couldn't. I had to keep my kids, guys, I had to keep the kids going, keep yeah, the kids going. Yeah. You know, and, and then it happened. And then I was able to, to begin to grapple with it. And then, like you said, and, and it doesn't mean you're not going to be sad. It doesn't mean you're not going to have memories that, that come back and so forth. But there is... Um, I like what you I like what you said about the heavy darkness of it. Um, grief doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not anybody listening right now. I'm not telling you how you should grieve because everyone is is so different. However, um, you know if you're feeling that heavy darkness and you can't escape it, if it's just there, then get help. Just go go find mm-hmm. someone. Get help. Ask for a good person in your town that can that can help you. And and make sure they're qualified to help you. Don't just go to the the nearest um, you know next door neighbor or something. But there is that decision you made. It made me think immediately of David. We're studying David right now in our church. We're going through his life. He confused everybody in his house when he got up. I need some food. They're looking at him like, "Are you nuts?" I'm sure there was a condemning, judgmental tone to that. Like, "How dare you?" And he said, "I'm done. I know where my son is." I know I'm going to see him again, and I've got to move on. And um, the same thing kind of when David and Bathsheba had to deal with the loss of both of them together, they had to move on. And then Solomon came along, and you have the line of Christ reestablished. And so God is in those situations. Yeah. And I can see it in your eyes that you mean this. And you're not just, you know, I wish I wish everyone uh, that's listening on the radio could see. But tell me a little bit about... Um, now that you've kind of come three years later and you've been through that experience and you look back now mm-hmm. on your marriage, mm-hmm. um, what kind of thoughts do you process about that whole journey? Because he went to Afghanistan, what, 10 years before he died or seven years before he died? Nine, some, nine, nine years. years yeah. um, and so there was a lot of stuff that you went through in those 
time, in those months and years that you were married. Mm-hmm. So w- what do you think about? I'm still processing that. I'm mm-hmm. still figuring it. I think writing the book has been helpful. Yeah. Um, because when you, when you process something and you actually put it on paper and you realize people are going to read that, it, has a, it takes a life of its own and you, you want to make sure that I, you write exactly what is true and what is real. Yeah, that. otherwise it becomes not helpful. It has it's to be helpful. it's got to be raw. Right. Yep. And the other thing is I don't want to throw out my my stuff that was challenging and then not offer what I did that was helpful. Yeah. You know, cuz then yeah. all that is is just kind of dumping my stuff yeah. on everybody else and it's not yeah. helpful. Right. So I'm processing and reliving those moments and what did I do well as scripture would have me do? Um, and what did I not do well? So I will put those in there and then say, if I could do it over again, I believe this is what I needed to do, you know. So more processing, mm-hmm. even though I didn't do it well then, I have an opportunity in my own heart and mind to still do it well now. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're all being transformed and sanctified. That's right. And so I focus on I'm being sanctified. I'm yeah. not beating myself up for what I didn't do, but you're learning from it though, I'm and learning. you're and you're helping others learn from right, it. And exactly. so that's it's and a that's, big difference. That's the gift. Yeah, that's, that's the, the gift. Yeah. That's you know God intends that for wants that for a lot of us who've gone through hard things. Don't hold it in. Share it with other people and bless them with your life experience and how you could have done things differently. And I think my, my mentoring had already been going on, but it, it kind of intensified it more so. So to, on that on that topic, mm-hmm. not to totally veer off, but um, why is mentoring important? And, and, and wh- why is it important for people who are down the road a bit in life to reach back and to pour themselves into the next generation? Mm-hmm. Because frankly, I'd say it's a rare occurrence when that happens. The majority do not do that. You know, and it's so disappointing to me. It is. Because it's laid out in Titus. I know it Titus is. 2. It's laid out there. Mm. And then I think back to, you know, in Acts, you know, the women mentored. I mean, they sat in the red tent. They they talked to their mm-hmm. daughters and their nieces. And, you know, all the women are there gathering, sharing the ways of the Lord and how to be a mom and what this is all about. I mean, that was rich. That's mm-hmm. family. Yeah. And now... Young women can look it up on the internet. Yeah, well, they're on their own. They're on their own, and mm-hmm. and and yet they don't necessarily need to be, but they kind of want to be. Yeah, you know. Otherwise, information that I may have is outdated. You know, there's new, better ways, and I don't really need your wisdom because I can Google it. Yeah, it's and not it's the same. So it's, disappointing. It, yeah, it's a, it's a. Um, it's a scam by the enemy, really. It it's it's is. a it's a replacement for for relationship that's desperately needed. Um, all of us need. I mean, I'm not a young guy anymore. I have el you know elder mentors that are older than I am that are still 15 years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. That at any given time I can shoot a note to, call, and I know that they're going to give me the honest right. truth because they know me well enough. Yeah. Um, they're not even in the same city I live in. Mm-hmm. But if, if there's something going on and I say, what do you think? They'll say, well, 
I know you all enough too, and away they go. And mm-hmm. I put a lot of stock in that. Isn't that a gift? It, it's a total gift. Yeah. But I've also been gifted in being able to mentor younger guys. Mm-hmm. And what they're, what people um, my age are missing if they don't mentor is the blessing of watching um, young men grow into being leaders. I mean, um, and you know what people, when they think of mentoring, they think of, well, I got the Navigator book. Let's start on page one. (laughs) But let me, you know, we had this group. I pastored in Vancouver, British Columbia before we came back to Minnesota. And I sat with a group of guys every week for six years at 6 a.m. on Monday. Talked hockey most of the time. Got around to some important stuff toward the end. But we did it week after week after week. Those guys became elders in the church. Those guys' marriages were transformed. These wives would come to me and say, what are you doing in there? I don't know. We're just talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And these guys, and, and I had kids their age because of the, some of my life experiences, but I was older than them, so it, perf- it was perfect. Man, what a blessing that is to me. Mm-hmm. It's and a relationship. It's, it totally it's not, is. Re- yeah. It's much discipleship. And they become friends. It's relationship. Yep. And I have had yep. mentee for 15 years. Yeah. You know, helped her through college and dating and meeting her husband and having her babies, and it's a privilege. And I learn. Because you know what? Some of my mentees ask me some pretty tough questions. Yes. And I go, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Can I get back to you on that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I end up now with um, many of these people. I Oh, I don't know the answer. I, I, I need to get a hold of so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And they become, they pass me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, they, oh, and, yeah. When, and when they fly past you, that's when you know. You know. And that's where the blessing yep. comes in because all of a sudden yep. you're asking him questions. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been passed up by a couple of my gals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you've done a really good job. <laughs> so you've had, um, you have this book uh, in the works. Mm-hmm. What's the plans for the book now? Well, I'm um, finishing it up. I'm on the I'm on the downhill slide. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging for me um, mm-hmm. because I'm not a writer. I'm not natural at it. But this is my attitude. God has written it. He, he equips those he calls. Mm-hmm. So all I have to do is sit still, listen to what he wants me to write about, and then write it out. So I have a million notes in my phone as I hear the Lord say, this goes in the book. You know, I get this quickened in my spirit. I put it in there, and then I have to transform that onto the paper. But he's with me, and he's writing it. So we're not done. But I think the overall content is mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, he's helping me refine, you know. So I'm going to get it on paper, and then I'll, I'll get some help. Yeah, I'm you know? sure it's going to help. It, it is going to help a lot of people. And I think um, for those that are uh, listening right now who are really going through a hard time, I hope you taken some um some tools from this and from your own life um because there are people out that are just hurting deeply right now um, from culture from covid Mm -hmm. from all the different things and i think Mm -hmm. you're just a a a walking representation of that there is hope in christ absolutely and you'll swear to that won't you because you've experienced it i have joy yeah i can see that and um there is there's always hope in jesus yeah and i i like it michelle because you're 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 honest and you're not at all, you know, you're not pushing away the, the reality of what you've been through. And, but you're also not letting it 
uh, bury you either. And you're putting your hope in God, and that's what we all need to do. So thanks for coming by and telling your story. I really appreciate it a lot. Looking forward to the book. Yeah. Make sure you get back on here once you got it written. And we're going to, you know, we have this massive reach into all parts of the country. I mean, I mean, celebrities stop here first. Before wow. the view, before today's show. Oh. oh, yeah. So just come on back and we'll make that book sell like you've Thank never seen. Thank you. I All love right. that. All right. Thanks, okay. Michelle. Bye, Paul. Hey, you know what? Um, there is um, scripture to support everything that Michelle has been saying. And, and the Bible says very clearly that the Lord is with the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. He And the... In fact, I think that's a specialty. You know, we, we kind of see God sometimes as this kind of hard-driving God. And, yes, holiness is important, and, and doing the mission's important, and we need to be engaged in that. But God is a loving God who is looking at you right now saying, Oh, my child, I love you so much. And that's hard for some of us to accept. But I want you to know that whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're going through, even if it's a secret thing you've never told anybody— God knows it. And so just take it to him. Michelle talked about being under the covers. That's a great place to go sometimes. And just be with him. Find time to be with him, and he will reach back for you. So I want to thank our partners that make this show possible. FaithRadio.com has been amazing. Thank you very much. You can see a video version of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com, and you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church at MyRWC.org. Thanks so much for listening to Life Support. I'm Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, a co-presenter of this program. And it's stories like this that led us to write a devotional called God is Always With You, 31 Days of Hope and Healing for Grief and Loss. If you're interested in a copy as a gift for a loved one, you can find out more at the Five Stone Media Facebook page. That's Five Stone Media spelled out. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.